Well, big thanks to all who attended our Grain Market Outlook session at the Fort Wayne Farm Show. We, we just can't tell you how much we really appreciate your support to uh, keep our winning streak going as the most highly attended session at the show. We can only wish that we would have had more time to answer all your questions. If you would like to get a question answered, all you need to do is drop it to farm director at wowo.com. We'll pass it along, and if it uh, warrants some further discussion, we can get it on the air. Coley and Kavanaugh are brought to you by the Allen County Farm Bureau. They were at the show as well. Great to see them and talk with them as well. And right now, the Farm Bureau is pretty busy. All hands are on deck at the State House for the new session, representing the interests of Indiana farm families. And that's pretty much what your membership goes to support, activities like that. So please consider becoming a member. Go online to itpaystobeamember.org. Well, David, John and I have a question for you because after you left, John and I got a ton of questions from people wanting to know what was David talking about? Where did he come up with $14 beans? David, you got some explaining to do. I'll tell you, I'll tell you I'm kind of joking just a little bit, but at $14 beans, a lot of people want to know what you were talking about. Yeah, you got a lot of attention on that one, David. I got all kinds of questions, guys, with ADM and Bungie were saying they were getting phone calls about it. We were talking about $14 soybeans. I want to continue to say you have to look for higher prices in beans. I mean, you're seeing right now the situation, of course, in South America, which is being ignored. Okay, so you'll find out at harvest what kind of a crop they have, just like we found out here in Eastern Corn Belt. Also, you're seeing right now, I think, a lot of political influences because this is now election year. Soybeans will be benefiting, I'm thinking, from some better ideas. And two, look what happened with palm oil. It was up 4% last year because they said Indonesia mandated B35 biodiesel. So there's an awful lot going on with beans that are in the background that aren't getting the attention. That's why I said $14. Argentina is doing so well. I don't know how you're going to come up with a smaller bean crop in total with Argentina and Brazil combined, or we could have problems in this country. But do you really think $14 is a possibility? I do. El Nino is supposed to end in April or May. If it does, we're going to be seeing good planting weather. But if El Nino continues, and again, with the increase in solar activity we're seeing, it could continue. If it continues here for us, we'll be looking at a very warm, hot summer. And the big question is how much rain we'll be getting. If El Nino continues, that'll drive some more rain toward us, but the heat may be another factor. So, yes, I don't take that number back. We'll wait and see. Okay. Well, David, I'm going to have to take your task on that one because at the moment, when I look at the demand right now, now U.S. exports are actually running a little bit ahead of schedule. But in general, you got China buying far fewer beans out of the U.S., down considerably 30% down from previous years. The economic problems in China, et cetera, and China drives the bean market. So I guess I have a problem with that. All right. Let's move forward because you just hit on one of the things that happened this week that uh, I don't know if that was the thing that actually pushed the market. David, but 297,000 ton sale of soybeans, a flash sale to, to China. That was pretty good. But uh, let's talk about the export sales because corn and wheat export sales exceeded analysts' estimates in the weekly report. Corn, soybean, wheat export sales all ahead of the seasonal pace needed to meet USDA's total export estimates. But uh, David, do you have some numbers for us from the report? Absolutely. And John, sorghum was again a very strong number, 133. I was surprised at that. That was China's buying the sorghum from the U.S. 
The wheat export sales report was 708. Now remember, that's been low, like 140, 150, 200. On the corn, though, a million 251. That is a blessed number. The beans still 781 again because of the lack of China interest. But who bought this stuff? Well, Philippines bought wheat. Mexico was a big buyer of corn. And Germany bought 219 metric tons of beans from the U.S. And China also saw a switch from unknown to China in some purchase of some beans. So the numbers don't look to be that good until you actually look at it and realize, hey, wait a minute, this is not as bad as I thought. Let's remember the government up the uh, carryover on soybeans, carryover 285, and that's a comfortable amount of soybeans. It's not overwhelming by any means, but you're seeing things I'm not. Well, David, going forward and to your comments about $14 beans, you've got some support from a guy named Dr. Michael Cordonier, and that's somebody who we hold in fairly high esteem when it comes to understanding what's going on in South America. Well, the good doctor came out this week, and he says, Mato Grasso, as of last Friday, soybeans were about 6.5% harvested. So do we really know what this crop is going to look like with only that much in the bin and the average yield so far? 35 bushels an acre? Wow, that's down about 20 bushels an acre from what was anticipated, David. And again, back to your points about weather. That hot, dry weather, October, November, early December, that uh, really took a hit on that crop down there. Yeah, and this is the first time that we've really seen, I think, the people ignoring South America. I know for years we've always kind of paid attention to their crop and growing. And again, it is a bit early, no argument about that, because the majority of the crop isn't harvested until mid-March into April. So we did sort of jump the gun on some of this stuff coming out. But the story I continue to see is that uh, the Brazilians continue to worry about the size of their crop because it's too wet in the south. And the central part is a little wetter, but the north is still very, very dry. And the problem I see is, remember the coffee market going up several years ago in Brazil? It's up again. Record highs for this time of the year. So are you saying that that coffee illustration is indicative of the weather? Is that your point? Yeah, that's what the Brazilians have been saying. Gotcha, Their okay. weather has been very negative for the coffee production down there. And you know, if their crop is declining, watch the coffee prices very yeah, carefully, now, folks. Now, Cordonier, John, has just recently lowered his Brazilian soybean estimate uh, by about 2 million down to 149 million metric tons. The disparity between these analysts out there for what they're thinking the size of that crop is amazing. I mean, you're you're in the mid to upper 150s and now Cordonier who supposedly knows quite a bit about it <laughs> down to 149. Yeah, it's all over the board, you know, and it and becomes very confusing. So I'll give you one fact here that if we go back to earlier in the in this week, there was a list of 16 analysts and their and their projection for the Brazilian crop. And the average of those 16 analysts so was 155 million tons. There are some people who definitely disagree with Gordonier, and it's all over the board. And, yeah. and certainly, with the crop once all said and done, if it ends up below 150, won't surprise me at all. But guys, we got to turn around and look at Argentina. We keep ignoring that. Argentina, of course, is having a, a really good year. Right. After a couple of really bad years, last year being a total disaster, and the government, the USDA, in the last report estimated the Argentine bean crop at 50 million tons, which is about double last year, which doesn't mean a whole lot since the crop was uh, so small last year. But now analysts are doing the exact same thing in Argentina the other way. Hmm. I'm starting to hear people saying, well, it's bigger than 50. It's going to be 52. And a couple of guys came out and actually said it could easily be 59 or 60. Wow. Well, Cordonier's got it up at 2 million. He's at 52 million, David. 
what I'm impressed with is that Cordania really, really knows Brazil. He knows the, the American crops. He knows Argentina. He visits them in the wintertime. That's their summer down there. And he looks very, very closely at the crop. And he really has a good idea about the crop's potential because he's actually looking at it. For those that want to look at it, you know, from a distance, get a very limited scope, you've got to see the whole story. And uh, Cordania can provide it for you. Yeah, well, you know, and as we talk about weather, David, that was one of the conversations I was having with some of the beef people at the Fort Wayne Farm Show. And that is, is that, you know, we need to kind of keep an eye on uh, the livestock situation because with the, the amount I don't know if you saw the weather maps late in the week this past week, but there is a lot of moisture moving in off of the Pacific coast. And uh, that means that as it moves into the states like Colorado and and those states where they uh, have a lot of uh, beef and a lot of pasture land, a lot of that pasture land is starting to regenerate the moisture profile in those areas. So it sounds to me like the beef people are really counting on getting those beef herds back up to size again. And look, the winter wheat seedings in cattle country was 24 million acres. The trade average is 25.1, and last year was 25.7. So, yes, the point is that they're finally getting to the point where they can put out the calves, the cows, into the wheat fields and uh, get them to eat some of those. And the 6- to 10-day forecast, it's going to be above normal forecast for most of the Midwest where we're so cold. It's going to be up uh, really nice temperatures, so demand for beef should stay strong. Yeah, well, and as that uh, moisture level gets back in there, as pastures uh, get back going again, you know, maybe they can start making some money again without having to pay so much money for hay at about uh, twice or three times the price. Anyway, I almost hesitate to say this, John, but actually somebody came up to me and said they really like your final words. So, okay, I guess we're going to keep letting you do it. So what do you got for us today? <laughs> somebody actually likes that, huh? I'm going to close on a strong note here. You know, we put on our presentation at the... The uh, farm show, uh, people were kind of down and say, is there any hope at all these markets are going to turn around to give us a chance to a better selling opportunity? Yeah. Well, Friday, for the first time since mid-December, March soybeans have posted their first weekly gains. March corn is not far from doing the same thing. And if it would post a higher move for the week, it would stop the current streak, which is currently at five consecutive lower weeks. That mm. is, we've had five consecutive weeks of, of a lower market. And for the first time, we turned the corner and actually closed higher for the week. So that's a positive sign. Maybe this market's going to have an upward correction. Well, aren't you just Mr. Sunshine for us today? (laughs) Coley and Kavanaugh made possible by support from the Allen County Farm Bureau, your local Indiana Farm Bureau's support Indiana agriculture. And I mean in every way, from the classroom programs for kids to political action, like the work they're doing right now at the State House during the current session to make sure lawmakers know the important issues to Hoosier farm families and to some of the sessions that are going on at this coming week's Fort Wayne Farm Show. When you support the Farm Bureau with a membership, you're supporting the farmers that feed us. So consider a membership. Go online to itpaystobeamember.org. Podcasts by Federated Media.